Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Uh, speaking of the Brewers, boys, it has been announced who the umpires are going to be. Yeah. And uh, let me have – I have a little uh, a little audio to accompany with it. So, you know, defending his team. And what you do like about the whole situation is that Lorenzo Cain was able to keep his cool and stay in the game. Let Here is take care of things. Craig Council. Who's the aggressor now? <laughs> Estabrook is uh, – Who's the aggressor the now is Craig Council is in the face of Mike Estabrook, the umpire, and he's – even with the bill of counsel's hat, he's poking Estabrook in the face with it and screaming, giving him the crazy eyes as they're going back and forth on some uh, calls. But Mike Estabrook yeah, so is the and ump. Mike Estabrook, he's had some run-ins with the Brewers, not only this year, but in the past. Indeed he Now, has. if you look at his umpire grades, he grades out as a pretty good umpire. But somehow, in those few games against the Brewers where you saw, that's probably the most animated that if you actually watch that clip. Craig Council's probably ever been. Yeah, he yeah. definitely had the moniker of the angry rooster there. And I mean, big name. Yeah, no, I get there it. are other guys <laughs> that I would be even more alarmed with than Mike Estabrook. Those would be CB Buckner. That would be Angel Hernandez. That would be Joe West. Like there are other people that I would get even more upset with. But Mike Estabrook was up there. And in 2019, the last summer we had uh, D bag of the year. Mike Estabrook made the bracket. He just did. Gonna, just going to put that out there. He did make the bracket, <laughs> and we were Brewers fans were incensed at him. Uh, there was a time I'm looking at a right here a uh, the previous drama surrounding Estabrook uh, in 2019. He ejected Mike Mustakis in the field after getting run up on a check swing third strike call that was nothing egregious. The day before, Estabrook ejected Braun and Craig Council for arguing balls and strikes. Council was ejected for arguing on Kane's behalf. That was the clip we were just playing. When he grounded out to Yelly on deck in the go-ahead run on eighth, Esbrook was accused of being the aggressor in the confrontation. He was. Yeah, he was in Council's face, like, screaming. And then Council, who was keeping his cool for a little bit, lost it because Estabrook is literally, like, nose-to-nose spitting in Council's face. I kind of like – I don't like Estabrook, but I like the bad blood. I like the drama a little bit. Uh, but, Rowdy, when it comes to Estabrook, uh, let's see here. Estabrook has been the home plate umpire for three Brewers games. This year, in which the Brewers are now one and two in those games with Estabrook as the home plate umpire. Now, I actually read this as well, that because they have the bigger rotations uh, for playoffs, Mm -hmm. Mike Estabrook, who starts at home plate, obviously would never make it back to home plate again for the the rest of the series. Thank you, outfield umpires. (laughs) Thank you. I almost want to say that he might not even be in the series at all moving forward because there are was there don't quote me on this but I'd have to go back and find the tweet where there are seven umpires working the games so you can get rotated out yeah oh Oh, boys we also have uh, on the flip side and no we are not setting this up at the Brewers lose to blame the umpire well I can't can't see into the future but (laughs) uh, over four games umpired for Estabrook behind the plate for the Braves Estabrook has favored opposing teams by adding .22 runs to their run expectancy What's and giving them an do? extra .69 nice, 
runs due to missed calls. I mean, point two two isn't a huge deal. Uh, they give him point six nine runs, Rowdy. Extra point six nine runs due to missed calls. And the Atlanta fan base is already saying basically the Brewers are starting every game up one to nothing already against the Atlanta Braves. So as much as we are bitching about Estabrook, so are the ATL Braves. <laughs> uh, to be an umpire or just a referee in any sport in America, I would say probably just or the world. Sounds like fun. Not, that's a no for me, dog. Okay, yeah, here we go. Here's the tweet that I was looking for. So he starts at home plate Yeah. week one, but because you have extended crews in the playoffs, he would not be able to find his way back to a home plate until a game seven. seven, but there is no game seven because it's only a best of five series. That's what the stat was that I was yeah. looking for. And then they kind of switch up after that, right? Then it, uh, then don't they kind of refigure who's going to be? Yep. And then yeah. after every series, the umpires are reconfigured. Yeah. Umpires advance based on their statistics. Yep. So the better you are, the farther you can go, <laughs> so, and the more money you get paid. So only one Mike Estabrook game behind the plate. It just so happens it's pivotal game one in a best of five. Yep, Corbin Burns is and on the mound. Both the Charlie fan bases Morton. are already bitching about yep. it. It should be a doozy Friday at three thirty-seven. You know what the problem here is? We know his name. Yes. Well, okay. Let's let's look at it. Here's here's your umpires for game one. Mike Estabrook's behind home plate. You have Mike uh, Malinsky. Don't First base, Alfonso Marquez, second base, Tony Rendazzo, third base, Will Little, left field, and Quinn Walcott, I've right field. I've only heard of one of those other names. Tony Rendazzo. Yep. Yeah, other than that, no, I haven't heard of him. And I don't, I've heard of Tony Rendazzo as well. I have nothing yeah. bad to say about Nothing him. pops up I've saying, like, I've just heard of his bad. name. Yeah. But Mike Essenbrook is the only guy. <laughs> they actually list their postseason uh, experience yeah. as well. Essenbrook won... Uh, world, what is that? World, wild card, wild card, division one divisional series. series. Uh, I'm, I think I'm saying this right. Machlinski. Yeah, Machlinski. Machlinski. One wild card, two divisional series, one championship, championship series. Uh, Alfonso Marquez, two wild cards, ten divisional series, five championship series, three World Series. That, that's your crew chief right there. Yep. Yep. And then Tony Randazzo, seven division series, two championship series, a world series, Will Little, three wild cards, two divisional series, one championship series, and Quinn Wilcott, two wild cards, two divisional series. At least we don't have to deal with game one of uh, the other NLDS where your boy Angel Hernandez made the postseason. How? How? I don't know. He is tough. He's tough. Uh, the, <laughs> he's tough. The uh, I guess the one other good thing that you can say is, if the Brewers can come out, get a nice solid win in in Game One against the Braves with Mike Essenbrook yeah. behind the plate and how the Brewers finished September. Man, you really got to feel good moving forward. It's yep. all all on that game one. Because how much of a worse taste in your mouth is it if Estenbrook comes out there with awful <laughs> calls, you lose game one, and you can barely score any runs because it looks like you're still in yeah. late September. Yeah. Could you imagine if Estenbrook and Angel Hernandez together? Oh, my Ooh, God. There'd be riots. Health over momentum coming into the playoffs as the Brewers, once they locked up that NL Central, right, they kind of uh, lost a lot. 
as they were resting guys, just kind of chilling, resting on their laurels, if you will. Uh, he talks about health, more important than momentum. I think health is certainly the priority and something we, we talked about. We had some guys who were banged up in the second half. We took our foot off the accelerator a little bit with some of those guys here, and the plan is for them to be healthy in the in the postseason. I think we've gotten a number of those guys to a pretty good spot now. We recognize no one is feeling completely 100% at this time of year, but we had an opportunity to get guys feeling better, and I think we have. How about that? You rest a bunch of guys, be easy with them, and then Devin Williams is like, oh, I'm going to go punch a wall and breaks his hand. I guess he had successful surgery. If the Brewers make it, they say, to the World Series. He's not coming back. That he has a chance to play. I don't put any eggs in that basket. Think about this. The The World Series gets done in early November. We're currently at October 6th. That means... The very end of the World Series would be exactly four weeks from now. <laughs> it's not happening. There's no way in hell, no. after having successful surgery yesterday, he comes back and pitches less than four weeks. Well, do you think he's ambidextrous? Can he pitch left-handed? I mean... I don't think so. Guys like you, Darvish, and... Uh, <laughs> I know you, Darvish, can throw like 85 miles an hour left-handed. Man. I can but barely, obviously he pitches right-handed. I can barely sign my name left-handed. Uh, more from David Stearns, the president of baseball operations. He talks uh, about the lineup that Atlanta brings. This is a powerful lineup, and we're certainly aware of it. They score a lot of runs via the home run, especially in the second half, especially since some of the acquisitions that this team made at the deadline and close to the deadline. It's a powerful lineup, and we're going to have to do our best to, to neutralize that. They're going to be home runs in this series. We're aware of that. You're right. We have some pitchers who have done a really nice job staying away from the long ball, but that, that, that's going to be tough to do against this lineup. Uh, Rowdy Corbin burns on the bump. Friday against the Braves. Burns had one appearance against the Braves this year, and he got lit up. But the Brewers still won that game. Uh, speaking of lightening things up. The Braves has hit him well, especially dating back to 2019 where he had his blow-up season. Yeah. What about Charlie Morton? Can the Brewers get to him and light him up? I mean, Charlie Morton's going to throw a lot of uh, sinkers, a lot of fastball that has either cutting or you know sinking action. He's also going to throw a change-up curveball. A lot of off-speed pitches with that. Uh, He's got some junk. It, it's kind of more or less like a Adrian Hauser-type repertoire. Okay. Uh, are you confident in the offense, though, for the Milwaukee Brewers coming in game one against the Braves? said this for a while. I, I don't know what to expect. It's a team that wasn't hot. It's a team that wasn't really hitting a whole lot outside of the Mets series for the last three weeks of the season. Um well, how about Stearns? Want to hear from him? He talks about confidence that he has in this offense. I have confidence in our offense. I, I think we have guys who can take professional at-bats. We have guys who can control the strike zone. And we do have guys who hit home runs. And, and we, we don't have that 40 home run hitter. But up and down our lineup, we've got guys who can leave the yard. So we are able to put runs on the board in, in different ways. And I think we'll, we'll be able to, to have some competitive at-bats this, this series. Now, Rody, weren't they really focusing on the home run ball to start the season? They had some woes, and then they kind of changed their philosophy and played a little small ball and that's when you saw the Brewers really started rocking it up the yeah and the plus, win column. What, I mean what's David Sturd's gonna say that's the team that he assembled that's the yeah. team that no, they stink that he, he saw be one of the best teams in the National League this year it's, it's not like after three weeks he's gonna come out and say yeah <laughs> I'm a little worried going into the SNLDS <laughs> you know we had one guy break his hand our bullpen started uh uh, kind of crapping it out a little bit here the last the three weeks. The face of our franchise, and, Christian Yelich uh, can't hit worth We're also day. not hitting a ton, but yeah, we rested a lot of players. We're healthy. I don't think we're going to do a whole lot. 
Well, he, he can't sell that to the fan base. Well, how about this? Uh, he does say they expect a lot out of Christian Yelich in October. We expect him to be a good player. This is a, a really good player. I expect him to perform. I think he expects to perform, and and we're looking forward to to seeing how this goes. We'll we'll get into you know any sort of retrospective analysis after after the season, but right now we expect Christian to perform at a level that that helps us win the games. So was it lit Bucky on Twitch? You said that asked me about the Christian Yelich. Oh bet yeah. I bet yesterday said he lit Bucky. If you're still in the Twitch chat, what was the bet again? I think it was Yelly batting over 300 in the, the NLDS. Yeah. And it was either NLDS or NLDS and CS. I think, I, can't it was both. I think it was both. Well, regardless. So I looked it up. I was curious about making the bet. I mean, Christian Yelich has been very underwhelming this year. He's been very underwhelming in 2020. Kind of stinky. Hasn't hit above 300 very consistently since uh, September of 2019. Mm -hmm. Well, he actually hits Charlie Morton extremely well. I believe in like 15 at bats, he's like six for 15 against Charlie Morton. Okay. That's nice. So I mean, he's hitting at a high, high clip. I believe it was like 400 against Charlie Morton. And then against uh, Fareed, who is the starter for week or for game two. two, Christian Yelich was batting 273 against okay, him. So, I mean, nice. he has had su- some success against those two pitchers. But also, what did Andrew Wagner tell us? Those two pitchers have really been attacking with off-speed awesome. pitches. They've been throwing a lot of breaking balls. They don't necessarily throw 100 miles an hour, and that's how they've been going about it. Christian Yelich hasn't hit a breaking ball slash off-speed pitch out of the park yet this season. Yeah, he hasn't done it this season yet, man. A lot of people starting to chime in on what who they want to see win tonight in the NL wildcard. We'll do that coming up. But first, our guy Mike Jocks, Jocko from NBC15, going to join us. Talk some crew, talk some Packers, talk some Badgers. And I know it was just the first preseason game for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they could not finish it. No stars were really playing. They had to call the game in the third quarter because of a fire alarm malfunctioning in the stadium in Memphis. So they just said, you know what, we're just we're just calling it. Third quarter. Does that mean the Bucks lost or is it just what it's preseason doesn't matter? And how about seeing Grayson Allen wearing the Milwaukee Bucks garb? You can you come around to that yet? Rowdy, do you come around to Grayson Allen being a Milwaukee Buck? I came around to it right when they announced the trade. All these other people were hung up on the Badger-Duke thing. I'm fine with it. The world needs a villain, and Grayson Allen will be, I guess, not the world, but the Milwaukee Bucks villain. Hot take. The best LeBron James was Miami LeBron James when he was the NBA's villain. Hell yeah, Rowdy. I love, I love the LeBron villain. Now I don't even know what he is. Kind of a bag. He's a fraud. I've been waiting a long time to say this. Now we out. We've gotten last week the Prince of Wisconsin Hockey, Barry Richter, in. But now we step it up a notch. We get the Badgers associate head coach, Mark Strobel, in the house. Strobel! Hey, glad get, to be back. Got the doors playing, baby. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Hockey season is upon us, and we're back in studio talking Badger hockey and music and right where we want to be. And, Barry, we'll play a little Foo Fighters Everlong when we uh, head to break. There we go. I like it. Say good morning to Barry Richter as well. What's going on, boys? How you guys doing? Doing fantastic, man. Um, we got Nelly on Mike Foro. Barry, have you ever asked him if you're the prince of Wisconsin hockey who the king is? 
I have not. I'm sure there's a couple of kings above me. <laughs> I think there is. But, uh, that's yeah, I guess I never nice thought evil. about that. I never evil, thought about that. Evil's a big supporter of the Richter family. I just I assumed him. your dad was king. We'll, uh, we'll leave that up to uh, people to decide. And we got RJ in the house. RJ, you might have to turn <laughs> mic one on on the mixer. Yeah. That all the way to the left. Mic one so we can hear you, RJ. All right, boys. Um, Did I get it? Yep, you got her. Well done, RJ. <laughs> uh, I have a question real quick. So, Barry, I was um, – and Strobe's for you because you guys are both music guys. Uh, I was at a place on East Wash last night picking up a pizza. And in there I was waiting at the bar because my pizza wasn't ready yet. And the waiter came up to the bartender as I was sitting having my beer. And the waiter said uh, – asked the bartender for something. bartender went to go get it. And he goes, oh, there goes my hero. And the bartender looked back and said, sorry, what would you say? He goes, and the, bar, and the waiter said to the bartender, have you never heard uh, There Goes My Hero by Foo Fighters? Mm-hmm. And the bartender looks at him confused and goes, I'm sure if I've heard it, I could pick it up, but I don't think I know that song. <laughs> I said to myself, are you kidding me? They've been, they've been playing that a lot lately, too, you know, with COVID and everything. They've been playing that song a well, lot. Well, I so. mean, this just... Well, it's the, iconic. The music is escaping us, Barry, of uh, good music. We have these young yes. whippersnappers that don't know what they're talking about anymore. They got to even know what the Foo Fighters song was. Oh, my goodness. That's one of your songs. Strokes. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was able to um, change a few minds in the locker room the other day. Uh, I had Pearl Jam rearview mirror on. Were you singing along? <laughs> oh yeah, I was definitely singing along. <laughs> that's that's, that's a coach player bond right there. So you know? I love it. We'll, we'll get into it. Uh, Barry was in last week previewing the scrimmage that you guys had. Uh, but first, I was on the social medias last night and I saw a big hype up video of coming into the season for Wisconsin hockey, and it was about all the young guys coming in and uh, Granado and some of the older cats trying to install the culture that Wisconsin hockey has to the young crop coming in. What's that been like for you, Strobes, with a new batch of, of young cats coming in? Yeah, you know, exciting. There's there's still the unknown, but uh, definitely like what we've seen so far. And, you know, having recruited uh, certainly uh, these kids, um, you have confidence that they're going to grow, and, and the, their character certainly has fit right in. Um, you know, we had seven freshmen and three grad transfers, or I should say transfers. Um, one was a grad transfer, and uh, they've been a good mix so far. And for us, uh, being able to instill uh, the culture um, immediately with them sooner than later yeah. helps a lot because, uh, you know, in any season you'll take your lumps a little bit. They're young. They're, they're going to get uh, their feet wet, but I think um, their learning curve has been very high so far. So when they come in, you're like, yo, we're reigning Big Ten champions. You better recognize that, or is it the slate is wiped clean? A new season. You know, like uh, we played a video last week of uh, Giannis, and he talked about being in the moment. And, um, you know, the the future is your ego. Uh, Humility is today and in the past is, you know, um, basically no one cares, you know, and and you're you're living off of something that – you have to recreate every day. So he he uh, he. We played that in front of our guys, and so yeah, we won the Big Ten last year. But that season was a different team. Uh, it was different players. It's same culture, and with this group, you know, again, it's it's uh, new goals, it's new opportunity, and um, we as a group though have to make sure that Badger men's ice hockey is uh, continuing to move forward and elevate and, and be in the top of the country every year and in the top of the Big Ten. And so how we do that with this group may be different than last year. Man, Barry, what is the culture of Wisconsin hockey? Well, I think you just look at the history, and, and, and if you walk through the locker room and you walk through the doors, 
And if you just take a look around at the championships and you see the names, you see the NHL names, you see the jerseys that are hanging up uh, around the Cole Center, which is really, really cool, which is a great thing that, uh, you know, the coaching staff has done in terms of putting the names and the jerseys of the NHL players that have walked through the doors at the Cole Center. So it, you, you see a lot of history with the team. And, uh, and hopefully the younger kids recognize that. I'm sure Coach Strobel's beating it into them. And that's, and that's <laughs> very, very, singing to them. very important, right? <laughs> um, very important. We got uh, a comment here, uh, Barry, because you are on camera for Twitch. He says, definitely looks like a hockey guy. Look at the lettuce. <laughs> Look at the lettuce. Lettuce, I love it, too. Strobes, I love the terminology. We have a, a, I don't know if you don't want to touch the subject or not. I'm just going to say it, though. He says, sounds like Strobes needs to uh, sit down Paul Christ and the, the football team and give him a pop-up speech. I'll leave it at that. Well, you know, I, hey, <laughs> things can be cyclical. You know, we we uh, we had a tough uh, few years a few years back where we were trying to instill our new culture and growing uh, with Tony still being a new coach. And you know, when when guys are young and learning and the expectations are high, and you're not where you want to be, that's the ultimate test of of uh, psychology and uh, being able to get back on the horse through failure. And you know, it's some sometimes. Uh, you have games or seasons where, you know, um, you're not going to be what uh, I think the expectations are. And, and, you know, Paul's a great guy, great coach, and, and he'll uh, he'll stick with the plan. Yeah. And uh, I know people can get frustrated with, you know, um, sometimes results on the field, and, and rightfully so. But uh, they ever I, asked you to come in for a pump-up speech? <laughs> they have not. Uh, we've actually had Paul over to our uh, our uh, side of the fence, oh, and, yeah? and Jimmy Leonard's come over in the past. And um, to me, it's 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 all the same thing. I, you know what they're preaching? They're preaching fundamentals, hard work, uh, growth. And um, right now, you know, you can see. And again, I'm 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 an outsider looking in, but I want to see all Badger athletics, men's, women's, anything we do sure. uh, succeed. And um, when when it doesn't happen, you you feel the hurt. Uh, I'm sure like he does right now. But they're long seasons. Uh, anything can happen. And and in the end, you got to make sure. Uh, you know, North Dakota taught me this in in hockey. And and um, they always kind of used to have slow starts. And they'd be 500, and they figure things out. And and that was with Hackstall, Blaze, and and Alberry. And then boom, at the end, you know, they'd go on about a, a 18 to two run, and they got better. And that's that's what coaching is. You're you're growing people. Um, you're evaluating every day, and then you have to put people in the right spots. And and uh, you know they're young kids, and and we demand a lot from them, and and they're on scholarship and things like that. So you know, to me, they have to perform as much as uh, you know we, we expect. But sometimes the growth processes are a little slower than uh, you'd expect. So what's it like for you coming into a season, Strobes? Then obviously everyone focuses hyper focuses and rightfully so. What you see on the 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 rank, the ice is the the players themselves. But what's it like for a coach coming into the season with a new batch of kids and a brand new season? Like what do you do to prepare yourself for the task at hand? Yeah, we uh, we prepare a lot of video. Certainly, um, what we want to do as a forward group, and then uh, you know, Coach Osiki, uh, you know, has video for what he wants to teach to his defensemen, and then we try to connect it with drills. Uh, that we feel is um, you got like our, a dream board? our philosophy. You put like a big board and you write down like goals of the season, like a big dream board. Um, we, like, I'm going to get a Ferrari at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we've, <laughs> we've instilled uh, again, and I think we talked about this a couple years ago, uh, what I call a culture wheel, and uh, some people call it a bullseye, which uh, our leadership group last year, um, which was very, very good, um, you know, kind of uh, built it. And, and it's heart, humble hockey, and we have – uh, you know, 12 words within there, uh, within that, you know, bullseye. And basically we've, um, 
we, we've lived by that. So it's accountability. It's it's uh, it's hard work. You know, it's um, you know things that again well, grinding nonstop. It's, it's love. It's trust. It's it's uh, something now in 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 the psyche of the mind that says, hey, I can't let you know the guy next to me down, and and I mean it. Yeah. So we've really instilled that. But we've we've incorporated a lot in a short period of time just because of NC two A. But the the practices have been high level. They've been fast. Um, they've we we've instilled like I said, you know how we want to play. So tracking and taking pucks back and transitioning fast, uh, getting a lot of net presence, uh, making sure we're tough in front of our own net, having stout goaltending, and then certainly uh, implementing special teams. Uh, you know, and what we want to do there with with um, you know how we want to run our power plays and penalty kills. It's all been a work in progress, but. I like what I see. I, I think for us this year, different than last year, is we're going to have to score by committee. We're going to be hard yeah. to play against. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean we have the execution yet. And last year, when you have Caulfield and Weisbach and and Bice, and I and I don't want to reflect too much on last year, as Gianna said, we we got to be in the moment with this team. But it, you can see we we don't have the natural um, ability yet. The the young guys have to grow and. You know, you go from six goals of freshman to, to 18 as a junior. And, and so the Brock Caulfields, the Roman Ashans, um, you know, the the veteran leadership there, uh, Baker, um, they got all step up and, and double their production, and I think they know that. Yeah, Barry Richter and Mark Strobel joining us right now talking Wisconsin hockey. Strobel, I think it was last year, and you, you reminded me, in my – Barry saw me doing you saw me doing it, in my little drawer <laughs> over here, the Strobisms. This is from last year. Ice is ice and men are men, Strobe. So I was going to ask you about, you know, replacing a Cole Caulfield, uh, a player like him, but you already talked about, like, it's going to be by committee, right? And Barry, who's the player that you said we should watch last week? It was that defenseman, was it not? Yeah, I think it was uh, Corson Kulamans. I think Strobe's you were sort of talking about that. Uh, of course, Barry said a defenseman. You know? Of course, a defenseman. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we love our defensemen. <laughs> we love our defensemen. <laughs> But, uh, you know, getting back to what uh, Strobes is saying is that it's, uh, you know, there's a, a, there's a great uh, chance for those guys that are coming in right now, the leaders. You know, there's a, there was a lot of hype around Cole Caulfield. Oh, yeah. And rightfully so oh, yeah. last year. And, and, and he performed phenomenally under that hype and Hobie Baker, and it's just a, a great, great year. At the same time, when you flip and you're looking at this year, you know, I think it's exciting for these young men to get in the locker room and, and establish their own footprint, and uh, and without that distraction, without having someone that they know there's is going to be in the NHL and in the NHL in the playoffs in about three months. You know, it's it's very difficult sometimes to focus, and these and these guys are going to school and everything. So, I think it's uh it's going to be awesome for these kids to get together and uh, and put their own print on it and uh, and, and do it by committee. So, Strobes, uh, we had the, the exhibition against Minnesota Duluth. How, how did everything go for a tune-up before you guys get Michigan Tech on uh, Friday? Well, I think it went very well. And, again, I, we weren't so uh, worried about the win-loss of that game. And, and I want to win every game, don't get me wrong. But you're, you're playing a team that we knew was going to be fast. Their veteran club won the last two out of three national championships. Uh, I know Scotty personally as a friend. I coach there, and I and I know their style. So it was going to be a war from the drop of the puck, and um, to to have our our leadership group and and um, you know prepare. I think not only as coaches, but we they prepared the young guys. Going, you better have your chin strap buckled, and we could see that right from the get go. It was very physical. Strobism. Um, you know, we lost a a, a, a guy early, uh, second period. Uh, in Carson Banley is an upper body injury, but uh, you know, 
they they were up for the task. And I think it was better playing Duluth and seeing where we sat here uh, with the speed and the physicality and uh, and what we were going to see in the Big Ten all year was a benefit. And, you know, it was 3-2 game with an open netter, so we were right there. We didn't execute a few things, and we can clean that up in our own end. And then offensively, we had some really good looks and, and couldn't bury the puck. And I think that'll just come with time and confidence and, uh, you know, skill drills and practice. Um, but for me, it was a, it was a great gauge of, of where we sit. Uh, uh, special teams can get cleaned up, but um, I, I liked it. I, it. You're better off doing that than playing, and it's no disrespect to, like, the University of Manitoba, but – you go win an you exhibition said the Sister Mary game. School the blind or something. Yeah, you like don't that. want to win seven eight nothing and fool yourself. Yeah. So we went toe to toe, you know, with a top five team in the country, and um, I, I think it gave us a really good gauge of of especially psychologically where we sit and where we need to get to. Look at Bear over here raising his hand. Bear, just grab that mic, baby. Just go. go. We're we're all team here. So I'm I'm curious, (laughs) Strobes, when you play a team like that, and Duluth is one that has been in the Final Four. I like to say Final Four, not Frozen Four. But um, anyways, uh, they've been there for years and years, and they have a program. So what, what what do you see as a coach? What, I mean, from that program, you know, that just is the, that is elite. And what, what can you take from those games and say, hey, this is a program that we want to sort of, you know, these guys are where we want to be or we are going to. Yep. I think uh, they're, they're very persistent in their attack. You know, they're relentless in uh, pursuing the puck and getting it back. Um, you can tell, again, they're very well coached on how they um, bottle up the neutral zone, come back to their own end. They don't give you a lot of time and space. Uh, they don't give you a lot of odd man rushes. The, the thing about Duluth is they don't beat themselves. They're yeah. going to always give themselves a chance. And I think from the defensive side of the puck, they're, they're really sound as uh, five-man units and connected, you know. So getting to their net, getting to their house, we call it, or zone entries, and you got trackers always constantly working hard to catch you, nothing's really clean against them. Yeah. So you got to work for that second effort at the net. you got to work to win a loose puck battle in front and, uh, you know, out-muscle a guy, and um, they're very physical. They wear you down. And and I, I really thought, um, you know, we, we match that, and I think we're built a right. lot like them. We're just, we just don't have, again, the experience yet built uh, like some tough. of those guys where I think what probably tilted the, the, <laughs> the game there to get that, you know, third goal for them and then the open netter was the fact that they're they're living off of, their uh, success, mm-hmm. and that's their expectation in their locker room. We've just tasted it again a little bit. So our upperclassmen know that. we got to bring the younger guys along really fast. But the key to recruiting, too, is making sure you're getting guys out of winning programs, I think I've said this before, where they expect to win, and they expect to to beat Duluth when you play them, and they expect to you know, win the 50-50 pucks in the corner or the battles around the blue paint. They're, they're going to out-muscle that guy and um, – you know, give our credit to again here to uh, Paul Valukas, who's our new um, strength coach, and Jimmy Schneider, one of the best in the business, went over to men's basketball. You know, he trained these guys the moment he came in from uh, the LA Kings organization, psychologically, physically, to be able to handle the load. So when the third period comes around, these guys know we got juice, and I, I think that's a big part of it. But to answer your question, winning programs can live off of. Like you said earlier, what we used to at Wisconsin for men's hockey, which was, I don't want to let the guys down that played ahead of me. I'm going to be that cog in the wheel now that says I'm going to, you know, dive in front of a puck. I'm going to tip one in, uh, and and 
you know, shovel at the third and fourth rebound, and that's going in the net even if the goalie has to go through the net with them because uh, that's what the tradition is, that's what the expectations are, and you'll die trying doing that. I'm getting pumped up. All right, um, and I wish we could go forever. But, yeah. boys, um, Strobes, last time I saw you on my television set, uh, you were fist pumping uh, to nobody, and then you had to go shake hands and high five the referees because there was really no fans in the stands when you guys won the Big Ten. You got fans in the stands starting there on Friday. How does yeah. it feel to get them back, baby? Oh, it feels uh, completely excited. I mean, uh, you were, you were high fiving yeah, the refs. Like, what, yeah. like, <laughs> we actually had uh, we had a lot of uh, golden retrievers in the stands. Yeah. They didn't say much, you know, and, and I didn't even hear a bark. But yeah, it was uh, very interesting and and. There's nothing like having your own fans, especially Badger fans, who are the best in the in the world, as far as I'm concerned, coming out and supporting you, and being loud and making it a home ice advantage again, and being able to see the speed and the physicality, and uh, you know the uh, the goals and and um, just uh, the 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 opportunity again to uh, to to have entertainment and uh, be there live to uh, to see it. Uh, I, we're all excited about. It. I hope they are. I think they are. And I hope they come out in droves and and support it. Well, Bear, you gonna you gonna be fired up for? I'm uh, right there, man. I'm right going. There. Uh, I'll be there Friday, so looking forward to it. It's just gonna be it's gonna be great to see. Uh, okay, I can't believe it's here already, but it's it's awesome to have fans in the fans of the stands, like you say, and then starting the season. I mean, uh, and good luck, Strobes. Good yeah, luck to good, you and good the, luck, and the boys. Strobes, good luck to the boys. Thank you, go. Thank um, you, guys. And uh, you know, we're we're gonna do it with humility. Uh, and again, I think. Um, Good things are happening in the state of Wisconsin. Can you say right that? You, you say know? the humility. I'll say they're going to open up a can of whoop ass <laughs> coming up here. And Strobes, I mean, does that mean you don't have to fly over like the the, the woods of Canada for a while now? Or no, no, I'll uh, I'll still be doing that. <laughs> I'll still be doing that with my mask on. Well, yep. Strobes go flying everywhere in a little single engine plane. <laughs> they got any snacks on those flights? Huh? You got any snacks on those flights? Oh, or if they, they do, just, I don't eat them. You I, just I, hang I, out of the yeah, seat and hope for the I best. I just I meditate for a good two three hours and. <laughs> Once my feet hit the ground again, I'm excited to get in a hockey rink. Uh, I can't wait for Friday to just get her going. Good luck, Strobes. Thanks for coming in. It's, it's been too long. Too since long. We've done Thanks this in the for studio. having us, man. This Bear, is awesome. Glad to be a back yep. as well. Sounds good, boys. And you guys have a good time on right. Friday. Life is back on sports betters, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Speaking of the super freaky, are we having strange bedfellows of rooting, rooting potentially for the St. Louis Cardinals tonight to beat the Dodgers in the NL wildcard? That's a strange bedfellow. That's pretty freaky right there, isn't it? Yeah, but are you rooting for Who, the Cardinals or are you rooting for the Dodgers? Who's – I mean, the Dodgers have been hotter than the Cardinals, but the, th- that's, the Dodgers, that's saying a lot because the Cardinals are hot as hell too. Yeah, the Dodgers have been one of the hottest teams in baseball along with the Cardinals. And then you you have to mention the San Francisco Giants who are obviously sitting at home waiting to see who wins this game tonight. Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit earlier, uh, earlier in the 8 o'clock hour and then earlier in the show, but who would you rather want to play? And if you look at the two teams, I'm going back and forth saying, man, would I rather play the Cardinals? Would I rather play the Dodgers? And 
I think you can look at both of the teams and make an argument into why you'd rather play that said team than the other one. What were the Dodgers winning? I mean, they were 9-1 and one their last 10. They were going unconscious at the end of the season and trying to win that NL West, obviously. But the the Giants are right there keeping pace just fine as they win by one they were game. Like 40, were they like 45-13 and 13 to end the season? It was something just nuts, like insane. And the Cardinals were crushing too. I mean, hell, they won, what, 17 in a row? Was it eight, 17 or 18 in a yeah, row? Yeah, but even when you looked at going dating back to August 1st, uh, this was going into the last weekend of the uh, year. The Dodgers had still won two more games than the Cardinals did, even with the Cardinals winning 17 straight games. Crazy. Think about how hot the Dodgers had to be to do that over a two-month stretch. Crazy. It's just nuts. And then you still have the Giants, who were so hot that they continued to stave off the L.A. Dodgers as they won the West by a game. Now, so in a perfect world, what would you want to happen, Rowdy? Well, I mean, if you look at the the Cardinals, this is their their starting rotation has gotten healthier the last couple months of the baseball season. Jack Flaherty is back. Miles Michaelis is back. Adam Wainwright, who's been their ace for like two decades, it feels like he's obviously a still a guy that's there and throwing the ball well. That's three three solid starters right there that have come back. Their bullpen has relatively stayed healthy or gotten healthy outside of uh, Hicks blowing his elbow out right at the beginning of the season. Outside of that, they found a couple guys, late-inning relievers, that have done the job, filled in, and that's how you've seen them have success here lately in the season. The bullpen's gotten better for the Cardinals. Now, if you look at the Dodgers... The Dodgers, oh, and sorry, first going with the Cardinals um, batters with their lineup, Paul Goldschmidt is tearing the cover off the ball since July. You have Nolan Arenado who's picked it up and has been swinging the bat well. Tyler O'Neill just won player of the month in September. Yeah, That's another one of their outfielders. Obviously, uh, Carlson has had really good games against the Brewers this year. He's been a Brewer killer. They have a lot of reasons why their offense is all of a sudden clicking on all cylinders as well in this in this streak in the last two months. Now the Dodgers, they're kind of they're kind of all of a sudden looking like the opposite. Yeah, they're winning a lot of games, but they're taking on more and more water with injuries. Yeah, Clayton big one. Kershaw, big one. Kershaw done. No structural damage, but he's done for the rest of the playoffs with his elbow. D U N done. That came in the last uh, weekend against the Brewers. We haven't even talked about how Trevor Bowers missed two or three months, and he's not going to be playing. No, he's not playing. He's done. Dustin May was their fifth starter. He blew his elbow out in May. Uh, that was another guy with a live arm that they used in the playoffs last year. And and then you're you're talking about how David Price isn't David Price. He hasn't been David Price for years now. But they continue. Is he to out win. of the bullpen still? Yeah, he's been used as like a spot starter yeah. out of their bullpen as a long reliever, but he's not the same guy that he was when people remember his name. And Max Muncy, also in the last day of the season, he hurt his elbow. Now, they also said he's not done for the year, but most likely wouldn't be able to return until the World Series. Yeah. You have guys like Mookie Betts who aren't having Mookie Betts type years where Mookie Betts always is, is a perennial all-star or is a perennial all-star and MVP candidate. Or how about uh, Cody Bellinger, former MVP? He's been trash this year. Yeah, he's been really bad. 
He's been, has he been worse than Yelly? That's what's been so wild about the Dodgers. They've taken on all these injuries or guys being out, and they still won 106 games. It's insane. Uh, how about this? Our guy Corey and Marshall messaged me. He says, Crew, the Brewers, played best versus the Giants out of all the possible opponents in the next round. Preferably have the Cardinals take out the Dodgers, then the Giants take out the Cards. And then isn't this crazy to say, bring on Major League Baseball's best team the San Francisco Giants, who have 107 wins. Well, I mean, Corey's saying that. You look at the three teams that we're talking about there. The Brewers, they went 3-4 and four against the Dodgers. Now, they were 3-1 and one going into the last, last season of the series, and I think it's pretty safe to say that um, the Brewers didn't care and didn't really try in those last three games. But, yes, 3-1 and one going into that last series, finished the season 3-4 and four against the Dodgers. They finished the season against the Cardinals 8 and 11 in 19 games. That's a losing record. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of those losses came when St. Louis was on fire and the Brewers towards the end of the season. Well, it didn't look like they wanted to be there and they weren't actively trying to win games. So that also affects, I guess you would say, their season uh, wins yep. against each other because going into those last couple series, when the Brewers were actually playing baseball and not resting starters and not uh, changing their rotation around, they had a winning record against the Cardinals and were actually seven and four. So you kind of go, "Eh." and then you talk about the giants, the New York Giants or the uh, San Francisco giants. They're four and three against the giants this year, but they very well could have been six and one. Cause remember the Avisel Garcia dropped fly ball in right field <laughs> that blew a game. They could have swept them that series. And then the other game, they had a nice lead and pretty much anyone that came out of the bullpen was just getting absolutely rocked where the bullpen like crapped down their leg and gave away the game. So yeah, they should have been six and one against the, the giants in doesn't that sound crazy to games. say they'll give us the best team in the majors, the San Francisco giants, but the brewers did own them. Well, that's also why games. it's hard to say, well, who exactly would you want if you had to pick between St. Louis or the Dodgers? I- I'm with Corey. I-, I mean, I would prefer to play San Francisco, the team that Same. was only expected to win 75 and a half games this year. The team that has a lot of old has-beens yep. that are like 30 plus that all of a sudden are having career years out of nowhere or the pitching staff that has had a bunch of guys that have been threes, fours, and fives in their entire career in the rotation that all of a sudden are pitching like ones, twos, and threes. Mm -hmm. Pretty wild. Or even like Jake McGee, who's their closer was, was kind of an afterthought as they thought uh, his best days were behind him as he left Colorado. And now he has a turn back the clocks here to like 2018. And here we are. And here we are, Rowdy. But yes, I think on the surface, I would probably want to play the Giants if if the Brewers made it to the NLCS over the Cardinals and the Dodgers. But when you want to try and decide to pick who you'd rather play between the uh, Cardinals and, and the Dodgers, Dodgers, it gets tough. I I feel like it's pick your poison. It's like, do you want revenge on the Dodgers? Do you want to have the old nemesis in the Cardinals and exercise some past playoff demons? Like, what is it? As Rowdy said, pick your poison. And I, at this point, I'm just going to say, let the chips fall where they may with the, the Cardinals and Dodgers. I think the Dodgers win tonight. Uh, Scherzer has been absolutely yeah, money same. since that trade. So, I mean, Cardinals are hot, but the Dodgers are much he, more hot. He's been really good in just in general. He pitches even better at Dodger Stadium. On the flip side, you have Adam Wainwright, who has a really good year. But if you look at his numbers, he's been much better at home. Plus... 
I mean, both these guys have been around forever. Dodgers have a better bullpen than the Cardinals do. Dodgers are the overall better hitting team. They score more runs. I would go with the Dodgers in this game. And like you said, I mean, these are three of the, or two of the three hottest teams in baseball. And somehow the Dodgers were still a little bit hotter than the Cardinals and they're at home. It's insane. Yep. What, give, yeah, t- give me the Dodgers, but it's going to be a good game. I'm definitely going to watch it tonight. Oh, uh, we got two bets that might bring to your attention here, Rowdy. Our guy Lit Bucky says, "Give me Trey Turner, uh, one plus RBI has to be the play tonight for a uh, a bet." Trey Turner hot, and then Polly, our guy in Marinette or uh, Marinette area. So, do you want to take a bet, Rowdy? I'll take St. Louis. I think Rowdy's just staying away. A couple I mean, other people ask you to bet that game, If too. it's straight up, sure. I just don't want to pay the minus 220 Dodger uh, favorite odds. Mm. <sighs> I love that we were talking uh, Badgers, finished. Badgers and Paul Christ during the uh, break. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we, we might need some more pumpkin disorderly, Rowdy, to get us through the season. I, I told him straight up, I go, yeah, I placed this bet on there over at nine and a half. I figured that uh, you look at the Wisconsin Badgers team, the defense was going to be studly. I, I believe that has lived up to its billing. You look at that defensive line, I think that defensive line with uh, Benton and Henningsen have played even better than most people thought they would. For sure, for sure. The linebackers we know are complete studs. And the secondary, outside of giving up about Three to five big plays in those three big-time games with Penn State, Notre Dame, and uh, Michigan. Yeah, They're a a solid crew. They're not great, but they're solid. And obviously, all of that together makes that defense really one of the better ones in the country. Yeah, still the offense sucks so much ass. And then you flip the side of the football, and you look at the offense, and you go, man, Man. that offensive line has been horrible. Graham Mertz, for the most part, so, outside of two drives, has been horrible. I got to ask Ben something. Well, the running backs, the running backs, they've they've been serviceable when they've gotten holes and, and blocked for. And then we know that the wide receivers and the tight ends are solid. But, man, has that line well, and quarterback play looked so a, bad. Speaking of the line, uh, Ben Kenny. Hey, Ben, good morning. Good morning. Did you get a beer? I did not. You never take the beer. You never. They come in here offering gifts, and you always say no. What's I don't. I don't. I don't get you yet. But I'm still learning you, Ben. Uh, something you've been learn. You're a learned man. Uh, nil. You came in on the name, image, likeness stuff. You kind of. You kind of dipped your toe into the nil, right? When it comes to what's happening in college sports. What do you mean? Well, I have a question, and I don't know the answer. I don't know if Rowdy knows the answer. I'm, I'm gonna, maybe you don't. Maybe you do. For an nil deal. Can the company that gives you money to represent them, can they ask for their money back? <laughs> Do you know that for, like or not? I, I assume it works like any other endorsement or advertising deal. Because if I was Mission Barbecue, could I go to that offensive line unit and be like, you know, it's been our, it's been our couple month evaluation here, three month evaluation, and I just, I don't see return on my investment. I'm going to have to pull my sponsorship. Can that happen? And I, should it happen? I think illegally it could. <laughs> If you were in charge of Mission Barbecue, would you go to that offensive line and be like, "Hey, boys, close the door. Well, we got to have a meeting." I don't. Uh, I, no comment. To be fair, what do you mean no comment? You got a microphone in your face. I know. To, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speak on behalf of of the business side of the of college football. You know. Like you know I what? would still sign. I would still sign Graham Mertz to be to endorse anything. 
Endorse what? I don't know. He's a big name for a big program. It's not all about how they perform on the field. What would you have Graham Mertz endorse, Rowdy? Like an a like an auto- toilet paper. Did you guys watch him on Saturday? Yeah, he had yeah. two good drives. He looked good for two he drives. He looked as good as he's looked since last year against Illinois. Wow, one game. Yeah, for two drives. Yeah, two when drives. he was when he was upright. Yeah, the line's terrible. The guy the guy has to be in rhythm. He has to have a good pocket. And he and he and he has to make the right reads. Like obviously, if you give him time, that, he'll have more success. Yeah, but we've seen them try and roll him out, and he's not great throwing the ball on the run. From Which what is, I've noticed, that, that part I don't get. I don't get why they love rolling him out, and he is he's, bad at throwing on the run. And I feel like his—I don't know if it's necessarily his vision or him reading receivers, but when he starts rolling out, it seems like his vision and reading you know, receiver one versus two and three just gets exponentially worse. I don't know why they continue to do it. And it always seems like they continue to do it on first down when that's like you need, if you're going to throw the football on first down, you're looking for like a decent chunk play most of the time. That's because they can't run the ball. They can't really do anything. on Well, you might as well not roll them out and throw it into the ground and then go back to second and 10 where then you can't run it there either. I'm going to try to be positive about what happened on Saturday. <laughs> how, because, how, because how? There's obviously a lot that's wrong. Jimmy, DK and Graham Mertz look good for like but a couple plays. What was our biggest problem after the first couple weeks of the season? It was Graham Mertz not being the guy. We saw a, a whole quarter. I saw him make touch throws and throws under pressure, tight window throws that I haven't seen him make his entire career. Now, okay, so for the first two losses... Obviously, that would be Penn State and Notre Dame. I said the biggest issue for this Wisconsin football team so far this year, if I'm talking about winning games, was Graham Mertz. That is true. Because there was yeah. enough there was enough well, times. Changed. I didn't see the no, offensive no, 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 line no, no. hand the ball off the chest. Here, his shoulder here. pad. There was enough blocking from the offensive line in those two games for him to be successful and for him to make plays. And for the Wisconsin Badgers to win. The offensive line didn't put it on Chaz Malusi's shoulder pad. The offensive line didn't throw a hundred pick sixes. That's like, wait, coming at me. If Graham Mertz played well, they we had Yeah, yeah. They had the ability to win those first two games. Graham Mertz played the best game that he has played since twenty twenty. And yes, he had two, three good drives. You That's about it. But it was yes, it was his best game since twenty twenty. But also that was a game that Graham Mertz, even if he stayed healthy and stayed playing at that level, I don't know if they win because of how bad the line was. You know, that what? was the first game all season that you could say the line didn't get them any chance to win. Graham Mertz should get an NI deal with a therapist because when I watch him, I need therapy and I don't know who to go to. So when I see Graham Mertz play out there, I need to talk my feelings out with somebody. Graham Mertz should have an NIL deal with someone who is a, is a Madison therapist to help me out with my problems and his. That's who should that's who should give him an NIL deal. I mean, if anything, on Saturday he was the only good he was the only therapy to watching that team. What? For like what? A drive? Well, for the entire game when he was upright. The well, offensive that was, line had him on his ass all game. The, perfect, the line's terrible. The I need therapy that from the line too. What happened. The, the therapist should sponsor the line too. That was the first game that the line officially lost them. The line was good enough in Notre Dame and Penn State. They weren't good by any means, but they were good enough for a Graham Mertz to win those games. They were games. still pretty bad, but they were No, good they enough. were bad for sure, but they were good enough for a quarterback that was playing well to win those games. Michigan... All they had was 
Graham Mertz playing I'm spectacularly the entire game for a shot there because the offensive line was so bad. But the worst NIL deal in college football has to be American top team MMA fighting gym Oof, with the Miami Hurricanes because they Miami suck. went out there week one, got throttled by uh, Alabama, which most teams are going to this year, barely beats an App State team, and then they lose to Michigan State blow out a central Connecticut state team that no one cares about and then lose to Virginia. Right. That's the worst yeah, NIL nice deal. Cause that remember that was thousands of dollars for well, every each player, player got, on the team. Each player got $600 or something like that. Ooh, right, let's go that to the was a bad one. Who's this line one? Who's this? Hey, it's Tony down South. <laughs> hey, Tony, Tony down South. Hey. My man. What's up, Tony? Right, I'm scared to death to go to this game this weekend. Oh yeah. You're going got, to the Illinois game. Ain't you Tony? Yeah. I got 50 yard line tickets. Oh, Gotta my. watch this. Hey, does, El- does Illinois and Wisconsin play for anything? You know, like Paul Bunyan's act, or they got something they, uh, the, they, whoever, back and they have to play for whoever after pays for Brett Bielema's uh, all you can eat uh, tab. Okay, I took maybe an air freshener. So if if if, if, if Illinois bad. if Illinois wins, Paul Chris has to pay for Brett Bielema's all you can eat buffet. I tab. heard it was for border security, aka no <laughs> no one from <laughs> Illinois gets to come up for a couple weeks. Uh, we got to go through the cheddar curtain, don't we? <laughs> the cheddar curtain. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Hey, another question I have. I listen all the time. Hey, what, what Tony, at least it's not the – oh, sorry. Sorry, what did you say, Tony? Uh, what about these guys down at Whitewater? Can they play Illinois instead of Wisconsin? I mean, they seem to know how to win. They've outscored the Badgers 2-1. They yeah, go Warhawks. Go Warhawks, Tony. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I, still, I still think they get tuned up, but, I mean, I'd like to see it. Hey, I mean, uh, Whitewater did uh, graduate a offensive lineman yeah, the Broncos. into the draft, and now he's starting on their line at, I believe, guard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's flip flop for the weekend. Tony, I need I need you I need you to call in on Monday and give me a full report of what you saw Saturday, good or bad, uh, in Champaign, Illinois, okay? Yeah, this, I hope Paul Chris remembers what happened last time they were down. Oh God. If they lose hey, to Brett Bielema in Illinois and it, and it's yeah. another ugly game, I don't know if the fan base the fan base can really forgive anyone. I don't take it for granted. I have good news. What? Brett Bielema's not letting Illinois wear those weird uniforms oh, the, the, the that the they uniforms. beat Wisconsin in. And they were pissed off about it, Illinois was. Yeah. Tony, are you going to like, they serve beer there, right? You're going to be drinking? Oh, yeah. You have to. You go to any Illinois game, there are more people outside the stand than in the stadium. <laughs> Tony, you're the man, brother. Have fun, all right? All right. That's all right, it. Yeah. That's it. I love how he was talking about the uh, Swiss or the uh, the cheese border. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if we were going to talk about cheeses, I would say with the uh, the Texas border, that's like Swiss cheese border. <laughs> Who's this line line two? Who's this? Hey, I forgot to say something. Oh, the kid. The oh, past. unbelievable. Hey, what's up? <laughs> uh, now I forgot. I was going to say something important. <laughs> you you call yeah. in to say, and I quote. I forgot to say something, and then you forget to say it. Unbelievable, Charlie. You, you forgetting? I would never question that. Charlie, we love you. We have to, we have to hit will, this break. Tell Ben, tell Ben you love him. Hello. Tell Ben, tell Ben, tell Ben hello. I love you. Ben, uh, who? Tell Ben, say hey, Ben. Hello, I love you. Ben, hello, I love you. And uh, oh, and uh, All right, thanks, Charlie. <laughs> ben hung up on him before. That's, hey, they could potentially be future roommates. <laughs> Ben's getting so pissed at us lately. Your mic's on, Ben. Ben, yesterday was a strip club. Today's Charlie. You guys are funny. 
<laughs> By the look of your face, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> I say one thing about Wisconsin offensive line, and then you start talking about therapy and roommates and strip clubs. Yeah, it's better topics than the offensive then line. Then we laugh so we don't cry.